You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, it's Danny. So last week I shared some tips for baby strippers entering the industry, but I honestly don't even remember my early days of dancing at this point because I've been dancing naked for horny, ideally rich men for a while now. So I am joined today by an actual baby stripper, Riley, who can help me give you some more tips that I may have missed. Welcome, Riley. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. All right, so how long have you been stripping for? Um, I have been stripping in a club since January, so what, like eight Nine months now? February, March, April, May. Yeah, Yeah, like nine months now. Um, And then I have been in the industry as a whole for uh, a year and nine months, I guess. Awesome. And what got you into stripping? Um, So I started at a a bachelor party company, Mm -hmm. um, and I did that for about a year. And that's kind of where I got comfortable doing lap dances and you just keep your underwear on and only take your top half half off. And uh, I met this lovely gal, Penny, who I think you'll have on your show soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, she kind of introduced me to the club that she worked at and yeah, just got the job through her when I was like confident confident and wanted to make it my full-time gig. Nice. Um, How did you apply then? Was there an auditioning process or was it all just kind of based on looks? There was not. I um, I was really surprised by that, actually. I got all dressed up and wanted to look really professional and sexy. And You're like in a three-piece suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, giving them my resume. You know? um, so Penny knew the manager and basically said that we were going to come in, and I just went in there and signed the contract, and that was it. I was hired. It's a super professional. Yeah. <laughs> professional establishment. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, I only VIP, which I think you've um, described on... You can well, explain, because, I mean, everyone has their own explanation okay. for it, so... Well, VIPing is basically just uh, only lap dances, so I don't go on the stage. I don't do uh, shows like that of any kind. I just find horny men in the club and take them out back and show them my gash. <laughs> <laughs> take them out back and I have put them to sleep. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the same as, like, a other note, like, a.k.a. freelancing. You yeah. just um, only doing backroom dances rather than public um, stage dances or, um, what's it called, table dances. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, like, the club doesn't really care how you can dance. Like, if you're making money, good for you. But if you're not, it's no loss to them. For sure. You're getting your floor fee. Yeah, you know, exactly. To them. Um, I think, too, also, when you're a freelancer, it doesn't really matter how you dance because a lot of times you might not even be dancing in the back room, right? Like, not that you're, like, sucking dick, but, <laughs> but, you know, like, a lot of it is, like, how you word things, like, you're talking, your therapy, you know, like, it's not all about dancing in the back room, necessarily. Yeah, it's more, it's very, like, one-on-one, sort of more emotional connection, mm-hmm. and then just, like, a little wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> a little shimmy shimmy. Um, awesome. Oh, that was my rule for these next couple episodes, is that I can't say 100%, I can't say awesome, and I can't say so. <laughs> and I, so how's it going? <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm like really 100. percent uh, I suck at it. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> okay. What does a shift look like? Um, typically, I try and get into the club a little bit before 10 p.m. 
um, because the club that I work at has a deal that if you go before 10 p.m., you don't have to pay out your first two dances to the club. Mm-hmm. So it's like an extra, what, like $30, which is like over half your floor fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go in there. Typically, I'm already done. Otherwise, I just do my makeup and hair and then put on my lingerie and head downstairs and kind of scope it out. Yeah, that's the beginning of <laughs> Do you have to tell them when you're working? Like, no. are you scheduled at all as a freelancer? No, not at all. I can show up um, whenever I want to work, and if I don't want to work, I just don't show up. The only rule that they gave me was try and stay the whole shift, mm-hmm. and if you're going to go away for, like, a big length of time, just let them know so they don't think that you've quit. Right. But apart from that... They don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't miss you. Yeah. Uh, good to know you're a valuable asset. <laughs> um, okay, so then when you'd go start your shift, go to the change room, get ready, and then you're just kind of pacing the floor. Yeah, exactly. I'll just do circles and try and talk to every customer in the club, um, especially if it's a weekday. Talking to them earlier on um, can be really helpful because most people want, like, who go to a strip club on a weekday, day usually want to see strippers Mm -hmm. so it's not like your friday saturday party crowd Mm -hmm. so typically you can go up to them and chat maybe get a couple of dances and then they don't want to stay until 3 a.m where you usually make your most money so they'll just leave after that so you can get like a couple good customers before midnight or like before 11 right no exactly um that's the way i find it as well earlier in the night i have guys that go for multiple dances and then at last like power hour i have like a bunch of one dances right after another so, do you tell people you're a new dancer when you were a freshly new dancer? That's one of the things I mentioned in the last episode was new dancers is something you have to decide if you're going to admit you're new or pretend you fake it till you make it. Yeah. What worked for you? I mean, by this point, I had quite a few friends who were uh, already uh, stripping full-time, and they told me about beginner's luck and how, mm. you know, your first couple months are always going to be your greatest until mm-hmm. you kind of, like perfect your hustle yeah um so I was I was very honest about being a baby stripper I remember my first shift I was just like it's my first night like take me for a dance (laughs) five years ago like it's my first night no Riley like Like, I've only done three shifts like you know very exactly so Mm -hmm. that was me and now I'm I've kind of mellowed out I find people people ask me less so I just yeah you think there's something, too, about a baby stripper? You can spot them. I remember my girlfriend, her first shift ever dancing. That We met on her first shift. And I've been dancing for, I think, five years at this point. And I saw her across the bar, and she was just sitting there, like, bright-eyed, bushy tail, yeah. like, smiling. And I walked up to her. I was like, is this your first day ever on the floor? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, stop smiling so much. Like, and then, it's like this bright sparkle in your yeah. eye, and you're like, that'll fight. Yeah, <laughs> that will dim very quickly. Yeah. As soon as someone pulls a dick on your face. Yeah. <laughs> unwarranted penis will do that light. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. You can, like, smell them almost. Yeah. Like. Uh, so do you have a routine for lap dance? That's one of the things I mentioned as well is that it's it's an asset and new, as a new dancer to kind of have a couple routines or moves in your back pocket. Yeah, I did have a couple of uh, moves already lined up just from my time as, like, from working at the bachelor party company. Um, 
but I definitely have a routine set now like mm-hmm. that I, I go through the motions of it mm-hmm. and I do find myself like daydreaming just as I do my routine and uh, it only really becomes a problem once you get your like seventh eighth song in a row and you're like and from the top <laughs> <laughs> and more hands this time yeah 100% I know I was joking with my girlfriend before too how I hate when I have like a client that comes back in in like six months and I'm like oh I remember you and you're like fuck yeah. Like, you also remember all these moves? Yeah. Like, do you remember the booty shake here or the hand clap like, here? Yeah, guys don't care, though. No. Like, you could do the same move for half the dance and then switch to a different move, and they would be like, oh, <laughs> a new view. Yeah, they, titties, they yeah. don't like, they literally You're like, pussy, but that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, upside down. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. And that's when I first, first started dancing, because I, growing up competing in dance and contortion, right? And so I was like, I'm going to impress them. Yeah. And, like, doing, like, handstands between their legs into, like, splits and stuff and, yeah. like, backflipping on their dick. And they are like, cool. <laughs> Can I t- so I suck your tits. You're like... <laughs> I actually had this one customer, and he, he bought something, like, seven, eight, nine songs, yeah. like, in a row. And he it was a double dance between uh, me and this other girl, and then he had a friend with him as well. And uh, we... I, at one point, he just goes, oh, you don't have to try so hard. I'm just happy to look at you. And I was like, all right, <laughs> welcome the butt shooting. Please. Yeah, yeah. Shimmy this way. Yeah, yeah. Shimmy that way. Uh, at least he's wise with you. But also, like, kind of insulting. Yeah. Like, you're trying, like, really hard. <laughs> like, this is you're like, such a keener. Yeah, like, fuck you. Or it looks like you're, like, struggling and it's, like, a yeah. lot of effort for you. And I'm, like, huffing and puffing. <laughs> like, <laughs> And high knees. <laughs> <that time. laughs> yeah, double time. <laughs> He's like, whoa. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, good. So have a couple routines in your back pocket. Yeah. I'm the same way with you where I have a very structured routine and I find I'll start it and then I'll notice because they kind of one part of it features my ass and then yeah. one part of it features my boobs. And I'll kind of read the guy what part he gets the most excited about. And I'm like, okay, for the next however many songs, yeah. boobs it is. <laughs> you know? like So that yeah. kind of it helps me with that sense. But I do, if it's like a one dance, two dance song, I'll totally daydream because I'm just my routine. Yeah. I know how long the routine takes. I know it can take me through about two, two and a half songs. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's nice to have your little default moves like in your back pocket. Of course. Yeah, for sure. So do your friends and family know you're a stripper? Um... Yes. So I'm very open about the fact that I am a stripper in Vancouver. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm not from here. You're so not I'm, from here. <laughs> if you guys can't tell. What? <laughs> Where are you um, from? Uh, New Zealand. And uh, I only started dancing once I left New Zealand. Uh, so I have this kind of anonymous aspect of myself that if I... I could just leave, and no one would know that I did it. Um, <laughs> no one would miss you. <laughs> and no one would know. <laughs> um, but I actually did tell my mom and my sister back home, just because I have a really strong relationship with my mom, and she's very inquisitive and was asking me how much I'm working and what I'm doing and wondering why I'm up so late. an entrepreneur. Me on, like, Facebook Messenger. Oh, my God. It's like you're dating her. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Why are you at this late? You said you're right, baby. You like double tap that girl's picture at two in the morning. You fucking liar. Yeah. So um, I just told her, and obviously 
you know, she comes from a generation and a religion that doesn't really understand it. Um, but at the same time, she just appreciates that I'm not lying to her and I just don't go into any detail and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And how does your sister take care of your sister's school with it? That's a long story. Because <laughs> I feel like we just talk with a mom. I will tell you when the microphone's off. Okay. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'll share um, next episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, bottom line, she was okay with it. Just another thing, like, she doesn't get it. Yeah. And uh, she has a friend who uh, worked, like, as a manager in a brothel, because obviously mm. it's legal over there. And uh, she only got the horror stories. Of course. So it just, like, it did taint her view about the industry a lot, which was kind of um, a shame. But, I mean, she knows me. She knows who I am. Like, that, at least that's a good step to changing her mind, you know? For sure. A hundred percent. And then one of the things I talked about in episode four I touched on, and I spoke about it at the women's conference a couple weeks back, was you're going to lose so much energy trying to convince people otherwise Mm -hmm. you know if they if people come to your life and they're like fuck sex workers it's a horrible job they're sluts you know and stigmatize them and shame them like they don't need a place in your life and like keep people around like support you or that like know who you are and like that overshadows their stigma and that changes it so whether it be for me like whether it be family or friends that's kind of how I approached it even from the beginning when someone had like felt some way about it I make the effort and then if you weren't there to hear it or you refuse to accept that your, like, media-portrayed vision of sex work isn't accurate, um, then, you know, like, then you don't have a place in my life anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where me and my mom have gotten, mm-hmm. whereas she's never going to get it. We're never going to see eye to eye. Right. I'm never going to convince her mm-hmm. that I find it empowering. Right. Um but, you know, she still loves and accepts me, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just not a topic that right. we go into. Yeah, but. Not- I can move through life knowing that I'm not lying to my mom, mm-hmm. you know, like exactly. that would break her heart. Right. Yeah. My mom knows my, my I'm, I've never hidden ever from the very first day. And, uh, my parents are very, very old school. And I've spoken, I think about it on the podcast before where my parents, my mom doesn't believe in sex before marriage. She doesn't believe you should live with someone before marriage. She doesn't, you know, all these very, um, old school, I, don't, I guess ideals, but I don't like, it's an ideal, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, she knows what I do for work and she asked me, you know, are you a stripper? I said, yes. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, and then she had like some kind of little muttering under her breath. I was like, any other questions? Speak up. Yeah. <laughs> any other questions? And then the I'm Q&A is closing in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't think we've ever talked about it since. Uh, I don't mention work because mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I know she'll never view it a different way. She doesn't like tattoos on skin. She'll never view or change on that. She doesn't believe in sex before marriage. Her view on that will never change, yeah. you know, and that's okay that that works for her. You know, at the end of the day, it's my body. I'm paying my bills and that's, that's that. So with her, if she asked me, you know, or do you want to come over for dinner today? I go, oh, I can't, I'm busy. I don't even say I'm working. I don't need to bring it yeah. up. Uh, and that doesn't mean I'm hiding it. It just means I don't need to like poke the bear in a sense, I guess, or make her uncomfortable or whatever, and we, exactly how you said with your sister, like, I can live knowing that she knows it, and she feels some kind of way, and she's entitled to her opinion. Yeah. And I don't exactly. need to change her. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, like, my family still loves me, um, whether or not they agree with this, like... Exactly. And that's all that matters. Like, yeah. I knew I wouldn't be disowned, I knew that they would still love me, mm-hmm. and, like, that's why I told them. Yeah, same. Um, have you tried dating while you're being, about being a sex worker? Um, 
I think this is like a two a two side yeah. question because dating in Vancouver also is just shitty. So that was probably yeah. like a nice awakening for you to come here and yeah, be like, these yeah, all maybe. fucking suck. <laughs> but also then to be a sex worker while dating, how's that been for you? Um, I haven't done a lot of dating. I sort of had this long term thing going on that was also long distance, mm. um, which has been off and on. And I've dated people, you know, in that off breaks. And I did have one person who cut things off because, you know, they had had a bad experience dating a stripper mm. um, because there was a lot of secrecy, like, behind it. And mm. she didn't actually know. And so I was very upfront about it. And I always am with, you know, new dating prospects. And uh, she just – she wasn't into it. And, that you know, that was fine. Like, I can't change her opinion. And it's a shame that um, – you know, her shitty ex who, you know, it says a lot more about her as a person than her, her as a sex worker. Kind of like tainted my chances. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. And I find that the dudes are more uh, down with it. You I was going to say, when you, as a, as a bisexual woman. Oh, my God. Did you just out me? <laughs> well, you said she. I, I wasn't going to say kidding. shit. And then you said she. I was like, oh, oh okay, we're not ending that. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And I've said on my, the podcast before that I am also bisexual. Yeah. So my listeners have accepted me. <laughs> I, went, I went first. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. Have you noticed the difference between men and women with with being a sex worker, dating both genders? I have not dated enough people to like gather some findings. <laughs> I a large sample size. Yeah. <laughs> And as a statistics major, I would actually like to figure that out. <laughs> but um, I really only dated the one girl mm. since becoming, like, since, you know, stripping full-time or, you know, being in the industry. So, yeah, I can't really say. I find that guys are more like, oh, cool, but then get kind of, like, also jealous about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Just people, man. <laughs> yeah, people suck. Um, well, that's one thing I said in a couple weeks back an episode when I interviewed my boyfriend. Was he himself even said, you know, our first time hooking up, the way I approached it with my friends was like, guess who I just fucked? You know, like, yeah. guess who I just hung out with? I hung out. Yeah, I hung out with a fucking stripper. Um, <laughs> she backflipped on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And then as you start to develop a more emotional connection, your view of them as a stripper changes. They're not like, oh, I'm dating a stripper. They're like, oh, I'm dating Danny. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's funny how, like, that kind of novelty of dating a sex worker changes from your first date to, like, an actual, like, dating situation. Yeah. Um, and when I've been with men, I get that more. It's like, I'm dating a fucking stripper. Women, I don't feel like that with. They don't really, aren't really like that. I, I For me, it's funny I've had the opposite experience, I think. Yeah. Women have been more okay with me dancing but I've also dated other strippers so maybe that's why yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird that you can't be a stripper <laughs> my shift. I'm going to be but I will be the stripper in this relationship yeah. yeah and I think that I wonder if that has something to do I mean obviously it has something to do with knowing the industry and knowing that it's <laughs> so I'm just like laughing at Bentley wiggling his nose at me <laughs> Bentley literally hijacks every show yeah. go on um I forgot what I was saying. His eyes do that. <laughs> Lost, <laughs> Lost in them. Enchanted. <laughs> it's gone now. It's gone. No, you're just it. <laughs> it was like really profound, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned how they feel about the stripping career. 
how much okay so now going on more what the people really want to know <laughs> how much do strippers typically make I get messaged this all the damn time oh uh, that's that's such a hard question to make that's a personal question <laughs> oh sorry that's such a hard question to answer because it is personal like it depends on yes your hustle mm-hmm. and you know how committed you are to your shift that night Mm -hmm. and it does make a huge difference you know what's going on in town and if it is the first of the month Mm -hmm. and everything like that um i don't know i would say that my average is maybe eight nine hundred a night Mm -hmm. um and that's how many hours that i so 10 until three so five hours five hours yeah um and you know i've just gone through summer like summer and I had a I just got really lucky with kind of May and June um and so like that bumped up my average so like for a whole year including holiday season I don't know like I yeah. haven't been in the industry long enough to say this is my yearly average mm. and trust me that it will change every year yeah every year my income when I just like just look at my stripping income in a club has probably gone down by I'd almost say like a half every year. It's yeah. crazy how dr- drastically it's decreased. Even my girlfriend who's been in the industry, and we'll have her on here at one point, and I've had her on the X's before. Uh, she danced from how how many years now? 25 years? And she said it's astronomical, the difference yeah. in the last few years. So good luck to you. <laughs> Thank you. All the best. Uh, I'm just kidding. But no, I agree. It's a hard question to ask, answer because yeah. it's so dramatically different month to month, day to day, exactly. person to person. And if you have a ridiculously good month, it can like shoot up your average. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then also like I'm in university as well. So I was only working full time uh, in summer. Mm-hmm. So I was putting, like I had this energy that I could put in, mm-hmm. especially in May when I was just out of school and like ready to work, ready to make money. Mm-hmm. And that tapered off by July for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with like during the school semester, I had this energy to like go in and it was my night to make money because I had school. Yeah. So I just hustled my hardest. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's too much of a personal question in the sense that it just, it's so different with everyone. Yeah. Like, so many factors. Yeah. Uh, what have been your best and worst moments in your little baby stripper career? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, that's a, that's a really hard question. Oh, I had this one awful night and it was my first experience with negative money. And I went into the club. It was a Saturday night and I paid my floor fee and it was $75 cause I got late. Mm. And I probably asked every damn dude in that bar and it was just a hundred percent rejection. I did not sell one dance. It was, and obviously like my mood just decreased and I swear I would go up to a dude, have a chat, ask him for a dance. He would be like, nah, just, you know, X, Y, and Z excuse. And, uh, I would turn around and he was off with another girl. Like it was just, oh, it's the worst. It was just one of those nights. And I was like, you know what? Tonight is not my night. And I just, I sucked it up. And I went home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's but, tragic. Um, it was okay. It was like shitty back then. Like obviously when it happened, but I don't know. It's just, it's part of the roller coaster yes. of earning, you know, like yes. it's, 
the, I think it's the shittiest the first time it happens because mm-hmm. you're like riding on this high from making so much money um, compared to like what you were doing. Yeah. And then you suddenly walk away with negative money and you're like, how did this happen? Yeah. I'm selling my like, yeah. you know, my soul to lose money. Um, I agree. But the worst like customer that I had just straight up hit me. Hit you? Hit me. Like, I guess he was going... So he was, he bought a dance and he gave me a hundred dollars for the dance, which was like great tip. Thank you. Um, and then he wanted another dance and he was just being really like, Oh, I can touch you. And I'm like, no, you can't. So, I mean, I work in a, a club that it's one way contact. So okay. we can touch the dudes. The dudes cannot touch us. Can you explain more about like one way contact is when you say you can touch someone, they're still fully clothed. Yeah. Yeah. They're fully clothed, but you know, you can get on the lap. You can, you know, touch their chest with your hand. You know, you can grind. Well, on yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but they're not allowed to touch you. So they just keep their hands. Down exactly. Cause I had a message, a question, um, a few weeks back saying, you know, what is a one way contact dance? Look like, is a guy just awkwardly sitting there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, usually dudes um, would, like, put their hands on your lower legs if you were on your lap, so it's not, like, awkward. Yeah. But they just... Yeah, exactly. Um, I have made guys sit on their hands. Oh, I do all the time. Like, now, now, sweetie. Sorry, go on. He hit you. Yeah, yeah. So he gave me $100, and he just goes, well, now I can do this. And he just, like, smacks me. I guess he was aiming for my butt, but he just, like, got my back. And it was the hardest hit. And I just grabbed the money and I said, dance is over, get out. And he just threw up a fuss. I <laughs> <He> threw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a guy throw up before. Yeah. Um, what a goof. I thought you yeah. might he like backhand you in the face. Oh, no. Nothing like that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you went to smack her ass. Yeah. But yeah. I just like missed and like got like my side. Yeah, flank. Like, yeah. And I, nice. But I just like couldn't believe the audacity yeah. of this dude, you know? And see this. <laughs> this is the prime difference of like yeah. a newer stripper and me. I'm just like stroking Bentley and be like, yeah, and then what? <laughs> I know, I know. But and like, then he fisted your asshole, or like, yeah. <laughs> where's the peak of the store? I'm just kidding. Yeah. But no, and that's like you would never. It's like you'd like buy a sandwich, tip them. I'm like, hey, so <laughs> yeah. like thanks to deli me. Yeah. Like it's only in our industry that I think like that's normal yeah. that you've like somehow paid the right to like abuse my body or exactly. like cross my boundaries. You would never go up to someone on the street hand them 20 bucks and like give them a smack you know right? and I was like <laughs> my porcelain skin <laughs> yes yes I agree uh what has been like the best part of your career um honestly the people I've met through it mm-hmm. I would say it's been the highlight um just meeting such empowering and self-sufficient women who are down to use their sexuality as <laughs> stop flicking your hair <laughs> As like, time to like shine. means to make money. Like I think that's that's awesome that you know there's a bunch of me and my friends walking around and like other women in the industry that are like don't need anything but ourselves to mm-hmm. get by. And I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of um, empowering like feels to that. All the feels. All the feels. That well, that's what I said too before was that I think it's so empowering that in our society we are sexualized against our like against our not against our will but like we don't have a choice in it yeah no matter what you were wearing no matter what you say no matter how you look like you will be sexualized yeah to some degree and then for women like us to be like you know what okay i i see <laughs> you and i raise you 50 dollars yeah. you know? <laughs> like no i'm gonna use this now as a vent i'm not gonna see this as a weakness so i have to be like the sexualized 
in our society. I'm going to take it as a strength, and I'm going to use it as an asset now. Yeah. And if you're going to sexualize me, you're going to pay me to do so. Yeah. I think that comes with a thing, um, some empowerment with that. And also the idea for me, when I walk on the street, if someone's rude to me, I'm like, please, if I saw you at, like, after 9 o'clock, you'd be begging me to look in your direction. <laughs> like, just, like, you know, like. So I think that's, like, that weird, like, confidence boost. Yeah, absolutely. So with regards to clients, what do you think, and I did this in a previous episode, I listed, you know, the do's and don'ts of a strip club etiquette. What do you think makes a good client? Oh, just someone that respects your boundaries a hundred percent if you say you know this is a one-way contact dance you explain it to them and then they try and touch you over and over again like this is frustrating um but yeah just like pushing your boundaries is um it's just annoying and it breaks kind of this fantasy when you have to keep saying no Mm -hmm. um it's not fun for the client and it's hella not fun for me Mm -hmm. um Dues, and I think I struggle with this one the most, is tipping. So obviously in New Zealand, we do not have a tipping culture. Right. If you get tipped, you have gone absolutely above and beyond what you were supposed to do. So crazy. Um, and, you know, that's reflected in the wages. Mm-hmm. But it's so awkward for me to ask for extra money mm-hmm. just because I didn't grow up with that. Yeah. And I, but... It affects your wage so much. Oh, yeah. We live off tips. Yeah. But it's so uncomfortable for me still. Mm-hmm. I'm like, a tip. <laughs> if I may, sir. Yeah. Uh, no, even for me, as long as I'm in the industry, I still feel awkward asking for money. Yeah. I think that's just also do like the certain personalities. Like, I get, I get very awkward. Yeah. Even all these years later asking. Like, I told you before, like, I'll do it in, like, a joking voice. Like, give me all the money. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, like, but then I know some girls... Me and my girlfriend were actually talking about this yesterday. Who the fuck? Oh, yeah, my girlfriend. And we were talking. And she says where she dances, you can really hear each other in the rooms. And there's one girl she works with, and she'll straight up be like, yo, you owe me this much for a fucking tip? So, yeah. And she'll just wait there. And I'm like, that's fucking savage. But I bet she makes fucking bank. Yeah, And absolutely. then I have one girlfriend of mine, and she'll straight up, like, do the math. She'll be like, okay, so I tip about 40%. So we've done four dances. You owe me this much for my tip. And then she was like, wait. I'm like, so 40%, please. Like, yeah, and like, I've definitely heard girls in the other room be like, it's 50 plus a tip. Yeah. Duh. No, where's my tip? <laughs> my no. podcast name. Tip me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they will not start the dance until they've tipped. And even if they tip, you know, 60, they'll be like, and more. And, <laughs> and the rest Keep of the tip. <laughs> yeah, oh, my catchphrase I say, it's 50 and then whatever you'd like to tip. Oh, let's get. Yeah, you can steal it. That's I, what I always use. Yeah, I always get the. Usually, I get the dance money up front, mm-hmm. um, and then at the end of it, I'll say, uh, "If you had, if you had a good time, like you can thank me with a tip." Or, yeah, They're like I didn't like, buy. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, that's when you get offended. You're like, okay, <laughs> single tear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> otherwise, or otherwise, you just like. At the, at the beginning of the dance, I'll say, oh, it's $50, and if you want it extra sexy, like, that'll be a tip or something like that. So mm. they feel like mm. they're getting more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of how I've managed my, like, awkwardness around it. Like, yeah. I will give you extra effort. Extra shimmies. <laughs> <laughs> All the shimmies. What makes a bad client, then? Oh, pushing your boundaries. 100%. If, you know, the club especially has set up rules, like one-way contact, and they keep 
uh, trying to touch you mm. that not only puts like your safety in jeopardy but also puts your job in jeopardy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just yeah it breaks the fantasy if you have to keep telling a customer no mm-hmm. the one thing for for a tip for that if anyone listening to this tip or you need a tip when I mean you'll be um, when guys like because guys will want to do when guys want to do coke off me but I always get that right can I yeah. do a line off your ass I'm like of course you can but here's the thing <laughs> I will get fired you know and, and I make you know 15-20k easy a month yeah so you must then pay me quarter of a mil <laughs> a year until I die <laughs> and they're like what well, I'm like so coke still or no <laughs> We do it in or not, so yeah, they have a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then the yeah, ad just shuts them the fuck out, right? Because they understand, like, to me, you having your, like, extra line of cheese isn't uh, worth me losing all my monies. Yeah, exactly. And your pockets ain't that deep, so. <laughs> yeah, that usually shuts them up. Then, uh, so what's some basic strip club client etiquette? Just kind of, I did a crash course on that before, too. So just kind of some things oh. you throw out there, like, hey, do this, do this, do, don't do this, don't do this. So I have started a game of stripper bingo, which is all of the excuses that clients come up with. Oh, um, I love it. That you, that they don't want to lap dance for. Mm, gotta go for a cigarette. I want to finish yeah, my yeah. first. <laughs> oh, I can read them out to you. I'll read some goodies out to you. But it's, um, oh, that's awesome. it's I'm just waiting for a friend. I don't do dances. Uh, maybe later, after mm. this drink, you know, and it's just, it's, it's such a time waster. I'll come back in five. Yeah. Come back in another five. Just say, and I'll, I'll come back. Oh, I will. In five. Yeah, I know how to read a clock. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> On the second, I'll be back. But if you don't want to lap dance, just say so. Mm-hmm. Just be upfront about it mm-hmm. and then get the fuck out of the club. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I said to you in that episode. I said, you know, can someone please explain to me if you don't want to contribute to strip the strip club? atmosphere if you don't believe in going for a dance or whatever bullshit excuse you've given why are you here yeah because you want a free show because you're not tipping probably on stage if you're that kind of person so you should go to a regular bar yeah you don't get to like enjoy the free dinner at a movie <laughs> yeah you know or um same with like city and Pervo. don't fucking sit in Pervo if you're not tipping yeah like you've not earned that that blows my mind that you just want pussy juice in your face for free <laughs> drives me crazy and if you're not a lap dance guy Get in her own tip. Yeah. Or buy a friend a dance. Yeah, contribute in some way. Yeah. Yeah, because for every person sitting in a seat that isn't buying a dance, you're taking an opportunity from us to make money with someone else. It drives me crazy. Or, you know, my favorite is, um, why should I go with you? Uh, (laughs) Convince me. Because I have pussy and you have money. (laughs) Yes. And you're here because you like women. That's usually what I'll say. It's like, oh, babe, it's totally fine if you like dick. And then they get so awkward. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, don't ask dancers to go ask other dancers oh. for a lap dance. Such a slap like, in the face. Oh, this blows my mind. And I will only ever do it if it's two dudes and one dude wants to dance with me yeah. and one dude wants a friend. Mm-hmm. Then, yes. Yeah. Or if she's a good friend, I might not be like, yo, yeah. like I'd come grab you if I go, right, this guy's looking for you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they like they call you over and you're like, my time to shine. Yes. You're like, yo, can you get that hotter girl? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's wild. Like, they're so rude. Yeah. That is beyond rude. Yeah. I can't it's believe. It's the same as like, you would not sit in a bar, call another woman over and be like, hey, can you get this other woman my number? Yeah. <laughs> Like you just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Like something about that like land of lust that a strip club yeah. is that people like lose all sense of like 
cultural, like, appropriate mm. behavior. Like, it just blows my mind. If you want to dance from her, get your fat ass up yeah. and go. She will take you. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. She will take your $50. Yeah. Go fucking ask her. Yeah. And, like, it's not like we're, like, not like... I haven't been in many strip clubs that are like Vegas size out here where you have to like walk upstairs in different levels and like, you know, it's not much of like a feat to get up and walk the five steps to that fucking like that set of tits. Yeah. Like do such. <laughs> and honestly, I love it when a dude will come up to me and ask me for a dance. Well, yeah, that's one of the things I mentioned before which is my hustle and you've worked with me before. Yeah. I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> I'm going to admit that. I'm going to stand in that corner. And I fuck everyone in that room and lure one of them to come to me. I don't like going out to people. I find it very tedious. I think my, like, maybe I'm just, like, too, like, inflated of an ego, maybe, that I'm not going to ask someone to come see my pussy. So I I sit there and I wait till they come to me. But also, too, half your sales are done then, right? Mm -hmm. They've already, you know they want to dance. Exactly. So then once they're in your room, you can convince them for more. And the only exception to that rule is if this girl is talking to someone who looks like a client, do not approach her. (gasps) Oh, it's like, like this has happened to me too many times. This couple was, you know, trying to get me to go for a dance, and I was telling them how much it was, and they were thinking about getting another girl involved. Yada yada. This guy comes up, goes, "I want to dance. <laughs> go over there, and I will find you later." <laughs> yeah, like take a ticket. Like, yeah, take, take, a, take a number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, people are so weird. Um, and my other thing is, don't ask for my number. Don't ask. I can't, I don't go for dances, but I'll take yeah. you for dinner. Oh god, I can buy my own fucking dinner. Yeah, that's why I do this job. Exactly. <laughs> I can buy my own fucking chef. Like fuck out of here. I hate that shit. Yeah. But oh, you know, you you should give me your number. Oh, you know, what's your Instagram? Oh, don't. I'm at work. Yeah. I'm nice to you because you paid me. Yes. We can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. We can clarify that. Yeah. Uh, that's my other favorite thing too. Is um, like you're all just about the money. Yeah, it's a yes, job. It's my job. I am here to make fucking monies. Yeah. Like I'm not here to find my Prince Charming. I'm not here to find my like lovely lady of the night. Like yeah. I'm, I'm here for the monies. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I just like, I sit down for a minute. Like why are you in such a hurry? Because I don't get paid hourly, bitch. So yeah. every time my ass is on the back room, I am dead time. I'm not making money. Could you imagine if you went into a store where someone worked on commission and you walked up to them, and you're like. Oh, I, no, I don't want your product, but uh, do you want to go for a coffee? But can you it's just like, talk to me, please? Yeah. I want to talk to you about my ex-wife and how much I hate her. Yeah. Just sit like, down. I'm, why are you, why are you trying to sell jeans? <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite. But also the thing is, too, like, the whole idea of, like, I, but, so for me, I had to dumb it down a lot. Maybe not dumb it down, but dumb take it, down. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Take it out of the strip um, club scene and put it into, like, in quotes, real world scenarios, if you understand. Like, you wouldn't go to a bar in a busy bar and you wouldn't stand in the front of the drink line and the bartender's like, what can I get you? Like, oh, actually don't drink. <laughs> but how's your day then? No, 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 don't rush me. <laughs> I want to know you first before I buy the drink. Yeah. Like, you just want to fucking do that. Like, no, you get it carry the fuck so out. Like, ridiculous. Right? When you put it in another context. I don't know what it is about a strip club that just makes people think that right? your time isn't worth jack shit. Yeah. It's literally like the land of lust. It's like some weird, like, planet that people think, like, exists yeah. outside of cultural, like, expectations. It's so weird. It blows my mind. Um, yeah. People are crazy. So, so that's some quick, basic. <laughs> we go on for hours. I yeah. literally, like, I, Ugh. even seven years now, I'm like, and then this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I still have Let more. Name the ways. <laughs> yeah. hundred uh, percent. So, 
as you mentioned, you did a bachelor company kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like PR work, exactly. um, like stag parties outside the club. How has that avenue of sex work been for you? And how does it differ from the strip club? Oh, um, it was. Sorry, in- before I interrupt you. I already interrupted you. But anyways, I'm interrupt you. First, can you explain what PR is? Like when we say we're stag parties or whatever, what is that like kind of? Uh, so I guess my understanding of it is that dudes who are having uh, XYZ function or event with some other dudes and or girls uh, want to hire some pretty ladies to come hang out with them and that could just be joining them at a bar that could be going with them on you know to be a caddy for a golf course on a boat or probably most popular most popular most popular (laughs) 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 um you know bachelor parties so sometimes you know we're a surprise for the dude and we do strip shows or live dances or host party games kind of anything like that Mm -hmm. so yeah um, the, I feel like PR for me was a really good, um, introduction into a strip club. It taught me how to hustle it in, an, in an environment that was kind of less competitive or where I had, you know, girls who quickly became my friends to help me along. We would try and, you know, sell shows together and it was just a really good introduction to, uh, sex work for me, I think. Mm-hmm. How does the strip club differ then from... PR work um it's not event based which is kind of nice so you can just go in you know seven days a week and Mm -hmm. make some money um I find it more competitive PRs no I find strip clubs more competitive and I think that's just because there's so many more girls walking around the floor Mm -hmm. that if you're not a dude's type he can literally look across a club and find you know his gal Mm -hmm. and suddenly you know you're selling less dances there's like more girls to choose from um and girls are less likely to work together to sell things i think but yeah the flexibility in the hours are really nice and uh you can walk yeah of the strip club and you can walk away from shitty customers at a strip club Mm. you can't so much do that at Lock yourself in the bathroom. Exactly. Exactly. So there's definitely pros and cons of both, and I like doing a mixture of them. Mm. What's better, money? Um, That really depends, again. um, Man, I've had some really shit parties, but I've had some really good parties. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe PR is, is better money. Yeah. I think my best PR night doubles my best dancer night strip club thing yeah yeah but then also i find with pr because there's a base pay you're never in the negative so that's a positive of yeah of going just my tidbit uh so i know you and i on like a little bit of a heavier side of the dance world have talked about eating disorders before in the past just on a personal level speaking about it and how especially in our industry while we mentioned it can promote body positivity and empowerment and I've said that before in my podcast, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not confident enough to be a dancer. But then you can't help but get confident when you're in a room full of men being like, let us see your naked body. Like, you know, take our monies. Like, you just, like, it builds that confidence, right? But there is that flip side where it can also really promote some body negativity and insecurities. So I know we've spoken about that in this industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no question? No. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely um, a two-sided coin. 
uh, it is difficult to feel bad about your body when guys are literally throwing money at you mm-hmm. to just look at it, mm-hmm. you know, not even touch it, just look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really great. And it's also, yeah, on the other side, as you mentioned, you're surrounded by other really beautiful women, all who look, you know, different to you in some way. Mm-hmm. And you do find yourself, especially on nights that, you, you know, you're not having the best night if you looked like her, if you looked like her, if you had this aspect of, you know, X, Y, and Z, it it can be difficult. Um, And I think in this industry, even more so because girls, you know, get a lot, like have some work done, like they get the boobs and stuff, which I think looks awesome. And then you're just comparing yourself to standards that you could never meet unless, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously paid and everyone has a different look. But it is, yeah, on hard nights, it's kind of hard to be like, well, if I had her body, yeah. I would look like that. Or like, all these guys here like big boobs and I have little boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think my hesitation about, you know, getting boobs or lips or anything is because I've had an eating disorder, I feel like I wouldn't know when to stop and I would mm. always want to critique myself Mm -hmm. and I've spent so many years learning to love my body Mm -hmm. that if I I just don't want to change it like I want to learn how to love it as it is Mm -hmm. and I mean I'm saying this as like a super personal view I'm not saying that you know girls who want to get you know work done work done um think anything less of themselves that's the look they like and I think it looks awesome Mm -hmm. it's just not for me right and I think like because I've learned to love myself as is, I just like it would be traitorous to myself mm-hmm. after going through like a full eating disorder and literally building up my body twenty kgs. Mm-hmm. No, I hundred percent agree, and I think like you said, there's a flip side where if you're having especially if you're having a great night, you're like fuck, I'm so fucking hot, yeah. and everyone fucking loves me, and like, yeah. and then if you get a night versus yeah, someone like we mentioned earlier, someone says no to you and then takes off with another girl, you're like, oh, her ass is perkier, yeah. or like I like her hair more, her lips. I want the, boobs like that. Yeah, where'd yeah. you get them? Yeah, who's <laughs> your doctor? Um, yeah, I mean for myself, you know, I mean you've spoke before. I had an eating disorder. I was down to ninety three pounds. Uh, but I still was like super insecure of that weight. I thought I was fat. You know, you just get weird in your head. Yeah. So it's the things with eating disorders, it's always an ongoing thing. Like, I don't think you're ever really cured from it. Like, I still think about my weight, my body constantly. I still compare it to other women in the industry. You can't help but do that when you're around naked women yeah. all day long, right? No, absolutely. And Especially it- when you're, they're also like seeing parts of their body that other women might not like we see vagina all day long yeah you know which i think honestly is maybe even a positive for um body image because you see the the natural state of a woman you know you get to see the cellulite that i've never met a woman yet to this day who doesn't have a little bit of cellulite on their body no matter how skinny they are yeah and i've never seen a woman with like this in quotes perfect vagina you know, there's one, like, one labia is always a little bit bigger than the other, or one might stick out, or one, you know, like... One looks like a taco, one looks like a coin slot. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, you know, so that's an, a positive of seeing so many women's bodies, so you get to see so many different body types. Yeah. And, yes, some of them are manufactured. Part of mine is for sure. And I am going for another boob job in January, so <laughs> I will further manufacture yeah. myself. But 
it is an interesting aspect of our industry is how body uh, body image comes into it. Yeah, but then again, I think there's a lot to say about you know the range of women who work in the sex working industry right now, and also dudes love them all. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like yeah, it's it's so nice to see that dudes are so excited about just bodies of any type of woman, mm-hmm. um, and that while you know you might have a night where you are literally no one's type, you'll have a night where you are every man in the club's type. Yeah, you know? it just it changes and you you have to kind of sit with yourself and just say that that's no reflection on you and your body mm-hmm. and just like every reflection on a guy's taste. And you know, I have my taste in mm-hmm. men and women. Like why can't he have his? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Kind of going on that same train of thought about body image and having bad nights at work and great nights at work. I mentioned in the last episode about how important self care is and taking the time to recharge, especially after bad shifts. And I think that's such a crucial thing to learn when you're entering into the industry, especially for someone who's relatively newer in the industry. How have you learned for self-care to really come into place for you? Um, I mean, when I started, you know, at the, at the club full-time, I was also in school, so I was only doing it two, maybe three nights a week. Mm. Oh my god. It's like full time for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be so proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it wasn't like a full time gig. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it got me into a habit of doing two nights and then recharging. Mm -hmm. And then I got, you know, when school was out and I started full time in May, and I mean, like, I was doing six nights a week. You're working a lot. yeah. Yeah. I. It felt really good, but I really, I really appreciated my night off. And mm-hmm. when I felt like I needed one, I was already in the mindset where it's okay to take, mm-hmm. you know, a, a day off work. So I feel like just that habit cycle built me up for kind of good self-care. And also just, I mean, after a bunch of therapy through my eating disorder, I feel like I'm quite in tune with my body. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I know the importance of listening to it mm-hmm. where I need a break from it physically. I need a break from it mentally mm-hmm. and just allowing myself to do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like a little bit guilty sometimes when I have a night off and I'm not going into work, especially because we're not on a schedule. I'm like, mm, should I have been working? Or like, was this my night to make X amount of money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just valuing your mental health over money, basically. Mm-hmm. And just like learning how to negotiate that with yourself. Right. And I think that's too something baby strippers struggle with, especially when I started back in format days. The days of yarn. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> uh, money was insane. You know, you could pull 30, 40K a month. Yeah. Um, and it's you work the same. Addictive. Exactly. Like exactly what I was going to say. Especially as a new dancer, especially as you haven't been burnt out yet, you're just starting. It's all new, it's all alluring. The money is amazing. You know, girls in Fort Mac, especially because Fort Mac is a boom town where it's really good and then it crashes like it's crashed now. Girls will work 30 days a month, they won't take any fucking days off. But they've been doing it for years where they know that they're going to work 30 days and then take 30 days off. You know, they balance on that balance. But as a new dancer, that's when you really have to, like, navigate yourself. And especially if you haven't gone to therapy, if you haven't experienced burnout mentally before mm-hmm. from something else, I think that's a pitfall when you're a new dancer. 
it's like kind of where can make that money. I don't know how long I've had in this industry or like you hear about beginner's luck, which is very true. Your first few months is usually your bank months and then you're going to die off. You're going to make not as great money until you learn your own hustle. So I think it's important, like you said, to know how to listen to your body and to be okay with, you know, I got to take this night off. And you know what sometimes make you take, maybe you take a bank night off. But then you're able to work the next six days. But if you had worked that bank night, you would have had to take the next six days off to recharge because you push yourself too far. So I think it all balances out once you read that or once you know how to read your body. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I take a little too much recharging. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to take six months off. Yeah. I don't want to work no more. And I'm like, oh, I should probably get the fun back to work. <laughs> so you also get lazy <laughs> at my age. <laughs> but yeah, so it's funny. There's a flip side to that too. So before... We wrap up here. In my last episode, the crash course for baby strippers, I provided a sort of crash course for baby strippers. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave them some quick, you know, not so quick. I had them listen for like an hour. I'm sure I got turned off halfway through. But just some kind of quick things walking through, you know, um, your hiring process, your first shift, mm-hmm. kind of uh, pitfalls of the industry, burnout, tracking money, all that jazz. Also, apparently, I've started to say all that jazz a lot. <laughs> That's my new thing. But, like I said at the beginning of this episode, my first dance was some time ago now. And I am a little out to date with how it was to be a baby stripper and the things you kind of need to know from the get-go. So, as a newcomer in the industry, somewhat, what are some tips and tricks of the industry you could give to girls wanting to enter? Pull up your I list. Did, I know. I did write some stuff down. <laughs> um, my Probably my number one is focus on yourself. Like, it's 100% true when they say you are your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be a super... Stripping can be a super competitive um, environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we did touch on, it is really difficult to watch guys that you've invested time in then walk away with another girl after, you know, rejecting you. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing will kill your stack more than feeling sorry for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you just get in a rut and people can sense that and then they don't want to spend time with you. They don't want to give you, yeah. you know, their money. So sometimes I do go into the bathroom and I give myself a little pep talk and, you know, if I'm really not feeling it, I'm just, I give myself a number of customers that I have to try and then if it's still not working, then I try a new approach. You know, it's just like you have to focus on yourself because you'll only do yourself harm if you're like, oh, well, I didn't do as much as that girl. Well, I don't know what that girl's doing that I'm not. Like, it's just sucking dick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, not <a> club. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I just work here. <laughs> just kidding. Go on. But you know what I mean? Like, it's you have to only focus on yourself. Otherwise, it's just going to get like terrible for you it's not Mm -hmm. gonna feel good yeah um you will not be everyone's type and that is okay Mm -hmm. like as i said before i have my type of man i have my type of woman and i feel like the industry is so um sort of like vast that every dude can have his exact girl in a club Mm -hmm. and you know some nights you will not be anyone's type and some nights you will be every dude's type mm-hmm. and so you know you have to let that go and find the dude in there that wants to give you his money you know mm-hmm. if it's not the three guys that you just talked to maybe it will be the three guys after right um 
also get some tough skin. Like if you are a really sensitive person, this is perhaps not the industry for you. Like you rejection is a huge amount of the job. Mm-hmm. Like you will get far more rejection than you will um, like acceptance in the club, especially when there's so many girls walking around the floor. Um, and if you are not able to brush that off, then you will just you know it'll it affect your mental health and like this it's you just won't last long yeah, in the industry to exactly. be blind like you'll be you'll um you'll give up yeah. like i've been straight up told that i was terrible at my job <laughs> I've, you know and it was like in a context where it was like he was trying to compliment me by being like oh you're so shit at your job you're too nice and i'm like well fuck you how's that <laughs> <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Yeah, and I've had dudes tell you, or tell me that I was straight up not their type, and which girl in the club that they thought was hotter than me. Mm. Like it's just good to know. Yeah, it, it's just part of the job, and mm-hmm. you it just comes with the perks. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be able to get through that. Um, my one that I found is make friends at your club, mm-hmm. um, and this means. You can, you know, people who are veterans who have been at your club, um, you can ask them for advice. You can ask them the rules or, you know, if you don't know the etiquette as a new dancer, you have someone to ask. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, find the girls that you really connect with and want to see outside the club as well. Mm -hmm. Because it's really nice to have women in the same industry who get it. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it's also really nice once you've finished talking to a really shit customer to go, you know, revamp your energy with a gal, you know, Mm -hmm. have a little quick chat and then, Mm -hmm. you know, recharge and go find someone else. Um, It also makes selling things super great together. You know, dudes, I find, don't want to stay for like long periods of time in um, the lap dance room if they have buddies waiting for them. Yeah, right. So like being able to find a girl who you want to tag team two guys with can be like great for your money. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, also do just the pressure of saying no to two people rather than just one person exactly a little bit of a everyone's doing it <laughs> and it also makes like PR gigs more fun mm-hmm. and dudes like it when they think that you get along outside of you know yeah. work yeah um, and my next one is probably the most important is save your money mm. So it is so easy to spend large when you're earning large. Oh, for sure. But if you are in your first year of stripping, especially, go see an accountant. Like I went and saw an accountant uh, a month ago and he told me how to set myself up that I'm, you know, being honest. (laughs) She whispered that she's not being that honest. (laughs) No, but he, you know, so that I'm not flagged by um, the, what do you guys call it here? IRS. Yep. Um, you know, and I money in your safe doesn't make more money. Like yes. the more you can put into the bank account, the more you can, you know, put into investments and save and yeah. really set up your future. Especially when you're having this baby baby strip alarm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's it, yeah. That's the one thing I wish. Because I went into the industry not really knowing anyone in the industry, right? I didn't know I don't think I know a single fucking person. And that's the one thing I wish I had capitalized on, especially mm-hmm. in the Fort Mac days was to save my money because you know you're pulling almost maybe half a mil yeah. in a year it's potential to make yeah, that much money so at least at least 300,000 a year so you know just like the guys in the oil rigs were making good money spending money so were the strippers making good money spending good money yeah 
Yeah, definitely. Like, you have an opportunity in your first year to set yourself up, you'd be stupid not to do it. For sure. And it is wild how many times I hear in a club, I needed to come into work tonight because I'm broke. Mm. Bitch, how? (laughs) Right. Like, how have you, like, bank account? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's crazy. Especially, like, in our job where we make really good money. Yeah. But it's like... What are you buying? What are you spending, <laughs> what are you spending it on? Because, like, fuck, my, my rent's, you know, 3500 Yeah. And, you know, I work barely ever. <laughs> and I'm still not, like, struggling to feed myself. But, you know, that's just poor management skills mm-hmm. to, to branch off of something you'd say. I would also suggest accountant but also a financial advisor like going through because they have like therapy for that like some people have an addiction to spending you know or they spend irresponsibly and that can come from your childhood watching your parents how they spent money Mm -hmm. so it invest in that invest in learning about investments yeah absolutely and you know talk to people who are in the industry find who they go to find an accountant who understands the job yeah you know find a financial advisor who understands that it's cash and that you make x amount yes um, and get some, you know, advice that is going to set you up for your future, um, in the best way that you can. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then save a little cash to do a little spending. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things like, I think is like, uh, for me, if I have a really good night, I'll let myself spend 10% for like the next day's gift. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with treating yourself. Yeah. So I think like that is how you kind of find that balance. Like, you have a guideline of, like, oh, I will spend this much if I make this much this week. You've, you've earned that right to spend that money. And like I mentioned in last week's episode, I have envelopes, mm-hmm. and I, I have a tracking uh, binder, too, that I write down every shift I work that month, how much I work, how many hours, total up for the month, see how much I made that month, how much I put on percentage I want to put in savings. And I have envelopes, and on each envelope is, like, rent for this month, bills for this month, rent for this month, bills, and I make sure they're all in there. And then I also, if I have upcoming trips, all that's put aside in the envelope. So I know, like, once those envelopes are sealed, they do not get touched again. And then whatever else is in my bank account. Yeah. And getting a safe, too, is smart, just in case you have people coming to your house yeah, or, absolutely. you know, you're going to get a fire if it were to happen or any of that such yeah. shit. Yeah, and, you know, work out whatever saving method works for you. Right. Like, I put away, you know, my rent and utilities first, Mm -hmm. and then I get my week's money, and I put it into, like, like a grand, each kind of stack, Mm -hmm. and then whatever I have left after, you know, however many grands I can make, that's my play money. Mm -hmm. And you just keep doing that. And if you're finding that, you know, I'm not a huge spender, I just never have been. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from those four weeks if I have another two grand like that goes straight into savings and then mm-hmm. I have you know a couple hundred dollars for play money still right exactly some things I'm going to add on that I was lying in bed last night thinking oh I didn't add in this episode I forgot to add in this episode um especially for new dancers I would recommend you avoid drinking and drugs while at work because a lot of clubs will let you drink they'll let you do drugs at work I just personally I don't touch drugs and I rarely ever drink so that's not been a problem. But I know a lot of new dancers, they want liquid courage. And a lot of new guys, when they know you're a new dancer, will try to convince you to sit and drink with them. They'll do it to old dancers, too. My advice would be, especially as you're learning yourself and your hustle and the club and you're learning the people around you and you're learning your own boundaries still, to not mix drinking and drugs in with it. I would also say just uh, 
fast, dirty rule of the clubs. You don't ever, ever approach the front row, per row, the row around the, the stage when a girl is on stage performing. Don't, don't approach it. Don't take a client from it. You will make a lot of enemies that way. I've never, ever experienced a club where that's allowed. Don't steal clients, especially from a veteran. You don't want a veteran to hate you because she usually has some kind of pull in the club. So befriend them. <laughs> you want them to help you. Don't take someone else's client. If you see a girl sitting with a client and then she goes out to go to the washroom, but her stuff's still there, don't go to that table. If you know a guy says, oh, I'm waiting for this girl, I'm her regular, don't try to convince him otherwise. You know, just respect the work that other girls have put into securing their own clientele. And that will come back with you. Like, you showing respect to other girls, ideally girls will show you respect as well. Don't lie about the number of dances you did when you're in the back room. Um, especially as a new dancer, you want the backroom person or however the dancers are tallied, that person to trust you. And they're usually watching the camera. So even if they ask you, they usually know the answer. They're testing you, especially as a new girl. So be honest with the amount of dances you sell. You don't want people in the club to think you're shady or to have to like double look at you because they don't trust you. Lastly, another rule I'd have is don't come to work late. As you mentioned, and I've mentioned, sometimes the earlier the shift, you get more clients that want to go for more dances, and it's just a different hustle, and uh, you can just make really good money before other girls get there. So I'd recommend as a new dancer to come in early, get a feel for the club each night, try to get some money in your bank or in your pouch before other girls get there, and then just respect also the cutoff time. If it's 9.30, cutoff, 10 cutoff, don't roll in 15 minutes later especially as a new dancer. Just abide by the rules. Pretty much fast and simple. Before I give you all our fun questions, if there's one thing you'd like people to know about the world of stripping or sex work, what would it be? Okay, this one is for both people inside and outside of the biz. The biz. Which is funny because someone wrote in a couple weeks back saying, I think it's funny last week I don't remember now uh, I think it's funny how you and the other stripper podcasts I listen to call it oh emotional labor and vampire and vamp- uh, energy vampires yeah. and the biz and I'm like yeah those are such like our industry terms yeah. but it's gone the biz go on um, no matter you know aside from if you're doing it out of desperation no matter your reason for going into sex work or no matter girl's reason for going into sex work and no matter what aspect of sex work they're going into, every aspect is valid and every reason is valid. Mm. Like, I mean, as I mentioned, I'm in university and I find in the club that so many dudes will be like, well, at least you're doing it for uni or at mm. least you, at least you're going to school f- for this. Like I like, yes, I am. And that's what works for me. But there, I also have friends and um, there's other co-workers that just do it as a job. And that's mm-hmm. that's their career and that's what they're doing. And I just, this should not be a hierarchy. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not better than any other girl because I'm using the money for school. Mm-hmm. And I don't justify it to you on exactly. your Exactly. And I'm, just because you're doing, you know, camming or just because, you know, you're not taking your clothes off doesn't mean that you're any better than girls who are escorting or sugar babying or X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I agree. 100%. Okay, before you run away, have some fun, would you rather, read you rather questions. Number one, 
Don't look at them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous. I heard your other ones and now I'm Did like, you? Yeah. I listened to your podcast, Danny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're the same questions. <laughs> Number one, would you rather never be able to orgasm or never be able to make a partner orgasm? I would rather not be able to make my partner orgasm because they can do it themselves. We're never going to date. <laughs> but you know, like, I have to give up my life of pleasure for just the fact that I can't do it to someone. Like, just fiddle with yourself after. <laughs> Diddle yourself. Um, well, I was just thinking as you were talking. Not that I wasn't listening. But, um, if you've never had an orgasm, you don't know what you're missing out on. But your partner has probably had orgasm with people. So, like, good luck locking someone down. Okay, okay. No, you don't. You said what you said. No, absolutely. Having had an orgasm, I'm not going to give that up. That so you great. never had one? If I've never had one, then, yeah, probably. Cause what no, you said what you said. <laughs> <laughs> don't steal my answers now. Don't change the question. <laughs> no, I just enlightened you. Number two. <laughs> Number two. Would you rather swim 300 meters through shit or dead bodies? Like, how old are the dead bodies? Like, fresh? <laughs> like, are they children? Or My ideal age is, like, 26. Uh, you, do not, you don't get to ask additional questions. That's okay, all you get. Okay. Um, through shit, I think. Because that'll wash off. The horror of dead bodies would not. Oh, this, oh I guess the smell of both of them. Yeah. Okay, three. Would you rather get away with lying every time or always know that someone's lying? I would rather know that someone if someone was lying. I hate being lied to. Oh, I fucking hate it. I think it's such a shitty quality when, you know, I was talking to my friend about this. You know, if you panic and you say a lie, you know, people do it. People panic and they make up stuff. But the f- like when people keep lying or mm. keep at it instead of being like, hey, I fucked up, I said this, this is what it actually is, like that makes you a shitty ass person. Okay, maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> You're back in the running. <laughs> Guys, no, yeah, I've yeah. been trying this for months. <laughs> <laughs> Literally since I met her. Okay, four. Would you rather read minds or accurately predict the future? I would rather read minds. Hmm. I think that I would be way too cautious about my decisions in life if I could accurately predict the future like I if I thought that a decision I make would affect it I think I'd get really anxious over that Mm. um but especially in our industry if I knew exactly what a dude wanted to hear by reading his mind oh the amount of money you make or the guys you know you're gonna waste your time exactly yeah it would it would be primo yeah it would be interesting um also to like being able to predict the future it would kind of take like the fun out of everything like, oh, should I go to this party or should I do this? And you're like, oh, if I go to this party, this will happen. Okay, I'll go. Like, you mean, like, yeah. you know, no guessing anymore. There'd be no spontaneity. Say again? Spontaneity? Hmm, I think I say spontaneity. I think I say like, new. I say everything fucking weird, though. I say, like, okay, so the white stuff you put in, not cream, but the you put in milk. cereal. You say it? Milk. Yeah, I say milk, and apparently that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> milk. Gosh, it's weird. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It also could be like an accent thing. Like I know that we say uh, aluminum. Yeah, so aluminum. aluminum. So yeah. English people. Okay, number five. That's my favorite one. Your partner and your dad, or your mom, I guess, because we're bisexual. Your partner Ew. and the parent. 
switch bodies and you have to have sex with one of them to switch them back. Who do you fuck? So your partner with your parents' mentality, this like inside. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> or your parents' body with your partner inside. Okay. Um, parents' body with the partner inside. And here's why. Number one, blindfolds and a reverse cowgirl. <laughs> but also, I, like, whoever's mind is in that body, like, that's it. Like, they're going to have this image of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for my parents. <laughs> Your orgasm face? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I it's have so orgasms because that's what I chose. <laughs> yeah, because you're a selfish lover. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you ladies and gentlemen out there, I'm not. I'm very giving. <laughs> very, very giving and very single. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Guys and girls are different. I asked John on episode four, and he was like, oh, your body and my mom inside. I love your body. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a weirdo. And he's like, but, like, you could stand in the room. I'm like, wait, so, like, your mom? <laughs> Just everyone? <laughs> So that threesome? <laughs> like, man, are so dumb. Anyway, just kidding. <laughs> Not kidding. Yeah, I just like, yeah. You know, a little bit of date rape yourself. <laughs> date rape yourself. <laughs> Good. On that note. Um, Guaranteed to be it. Yeah. All right, before we wrap up, just a fun fact. I am taking off to New York. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> You also got my snowing on podcast. I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> it's really on my mic too. Good. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> For fuck's sake, go wait outside. <laughs> I am heading to New York tomorrow, September 24th to October 1st. And I'm leaving at like 6 in the fucking morning with my girlfriend Penny, who is going to be on the podcast in a, next week or the week after. So I'm going to keep you all posted on how that goes. I don't know if we're staying in, I can't remember, Brooklyn or Queens or I don't know, somewhere. I think we might bounce around. But wish us luck. I hope it's amazing. And with that, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. Bye. <laughs>